my brothers, my brothers, my young brothers, my young brothers. What's up with y'all? Um, what's up, with everybody, man? I appreciate y'all joining in. Um, I guess I'm gonna just start it up and then people join. You know, I got you know, people join and you know, we'll continue talking. But shout out to Kylie Irving, man. That's the first thing I wanted to get out of the way. Um, I think that Kyrie Irving uh, is exercising his right as an NBA player. Uh, Kyrie Irving trade request is kind of weird to me, but it's not really weird in the sense of the Nets already tried to trade Kyrie. This stupid noise. I hate this that sound at work. But the Nets tried to trade Kyrie in the offseason. I believe they tried to trade him last year, if I'm not mistaken. And there's no loyalty in sports. There's no loyalty with these with these sports franchises as far as basketball is concerned. Once they get rid of you, they get rid of you. I love the fact that the NBA players now are taking their talent and taking their wants and aspirations and putting everything into their own hands. And I respect something like that. I'm not a guy who wants to take away what the NBA players um what's the word I'm looking for I don't want to take away their sanity I don't want to take away their humane rights I feel like NBA players should have a lot of uh, NBA players should have a lot of power um not equal power to the business because I feel like businesses should operate um accordingly but at the same time I've seen you know, decades where businesses don't give a fuck about your health. I give a prime example is, oh, everything fell. A prime example is Isaiah Thomas. Now, Isaiah Thomas was a guy who uh, played his heart out for the Boston Celtics, and then he had injured his hip, and even so, he played a game where his sister passed away, and he should have never played that game, and he was never the same again. You think Boston gave a fuck about how – Isaiah Thomas felt. So those little things right there. Or or let's I give you another example. LeBron. LeBron, his first go around in Cleveland, right, was uh questionable at best. Uh LeBron was too good to tank. And at the same time, he was he was LeBron was so good when he got drafted. Um, I believe the year that he got drafted, I believe they won 40 games. They won more than 37 games, but they did not make the playoffs. Carmelo Anthony team made the playoffs, the Denver Nuggets. But um, LeBron James came into the came on to Cleveland. I believe his second best player was Larry Hughes, <laughs> um, Mo Mo Will, and you got Zildjunas and Gauskas as your team's second best player. LeBron James should be celebrated, man. That man brought a bunch of fourth options to the finals in 2007. But what I'm, the point I'm getting at is in 2010, LeBron made a decision, and LeBron made a decision based off of how he felt, based off of not nobody else's feelings. He made that decision based off of wanting to win championships, and that's something I, I can respect. But that was a signal. And that was a signal for players to now say, I'm going to take my 
my career into my own hands. And that's something that I can applaud LeBron James for. And ever since LeBron made that move to Miami, uh, I know people killed him for it. Uh, I didn't really kill him for it because I felt like he needed a championship. He was too good. He was too good at the point of his career where he did not have a championship. So I, I, I felt like he, Miami was the best place for him. But then that started the NBA player empowerment movement. Then you got players like Kevin Durant who made a move to go to state. You got players like James Harden who everywhere he went, he axed out. These are things that I do not disagree with. These are things that I kind of agree with. And the reason why I kind of agree with it is because these organizations don't give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about their bottom dollar. So since they give a fuck about their bottom dollar, why would you give a fuck about them? There's no loyalty in sports, once again. Um, now, going to the Nets specifically, uh, the Nets did try to trade Kyrie um, last summer. Um, I believe that contract negotiations was stalled and fall through because I believe firmly that the Nets are basically scared to give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal. And I respect that because Kyrie Irving is – you don't know what he's going to do. Um, he's unpredictable. Uh, you know, he has a temperament. Um, he's a bit of a diva. At the same time, I can't crucify Kyrie Irving for the person he is. Um, I can't crucify Kyrie Irving for his beliefs. Uh, people in the Nets organization did not back Kyrie Irving um, when it came to certain beliefs that he had. Uh, they tried to punk Kyrie Irving. I feel like they tried to put him in submission. You tell that man to go uh, uh, go give back to um, Pete. I'm, j- I'm just going to say people. I'm not going to say nothing specific. But you want that man to go get back to people after he said certain comments. He apologized for it. People destroyed that man because obviously he did not want to take the vaccine. Um, and that's his right. If you don't want to take the vaccine, I, I have no problem with that. That's your right. Um, for me, I, t- I took the vaccine because I got to feed my family. I had to feed my people. Um, the Nets got on him. Even though I know that basketball is a team sport, he kind of derailed the Nets a little bit with the whole vaccination thing. And it's kind of sad because Kyrie Irving is a – he's a he's a, a generational talent. He's a great point guard. He, he's a generational talent. He's a good point guard. Like, Kyrie Irving is, is one of those guys where – Kyrie Irving is one of those guys where it's your second option. You're guaranteed to make – you're guaranteed they sit at the championship table. Um – so, like, I kind of really understand, like, what he's going through. Another thing, too, that doesn't surprise me when it comes to Kyrie Irving is the, the contract negotiations, too. Um, they never tried to extend him. I think they tried to lowball him and give him a one-year deal. We all know that Kyrie Irving was never going to accept a one-year deal. So he said, the hell with it. I want out, and I respect it. So since he want out, now you got to – think about the Knicks. Because I come back to the Knicks. Yo, Mike, what's up? What's up, baby? I'm good, man. I come back to the Knicks because if Kyrie Irving wants out, what is the price for Kyrie Irving in in these short days as far as the trade deadline is concerned? And whatever price that is, does that price affect the Knicks? And I think it affects us directly because we have a couple of players on our team who we're trying to trade. Um, a la Cam Reddish, a la 
Evan Fournier, possibly Derrick Rose. Um, but, you know, the trade market is now going to be stalled because of this trade request. And I think whatever, whenever Kyrie gets traded, I think that's the start of a domino effect of how other trades are going to look. The Rudy Gobert trade literally messed up the trade market. So I'm kind of curious as to what the trade will be for Kyrie Irving. But the Kyrie Irving thing, I think it stalls talks for Cam Reddish. I think that Kyrie Irving um, situation will have to play out first before the Knicks is confident in making a move. Um, But at the same time, you cannot keep Cam Reddish on the bench past the trade deadline. And you can't just release Cam Reddish. That's a play you just cannot just release. You can't just release him because you gave up compensation for him. So since you just can't release him, you got to trade him. Now, what you're going to get back in a deal, obviously we're going to get something less. We're probably not going to get anything of equal value. And that kind of hurts. Um, it hurts for me personally because the Lakers had just got Roy Hachimura for three second-round picks and Kendrick Nunn, a guy who wasn't successful in L.A. Um, but at the same time, you know, Kendrick Nunn, uh, he played a little bit. He, he stalled out of L.A. But how do you get a guy of Rui Hachimura's talent with three second-round picks? Then you turn around, you have the Kyrie Irving trade request days before the trade deadline, and you still – and I'm just talking from a Lakers perspective. You still have the 2027 pick. You still have your 2029 pick, first-round picks. You got – LeBron James, one of the best NBA players of all time in your team. You damn right the Lakers about to make that trade. It's, you know, and it kind of bothers me as a Knicks fan because me personally, I want to sit at the championship table. I definitely want to sit at the championship table. I think that the Knicks as currently constructed with what they're trying to do now, do they have a chance to sit at the championship table? No, I do not. I don't. I don't. Um, and it's sad because getting to Julius Randle, I don't like to, I, I, I don't like to bomb on this guy. Um, he's had a spectacular season, by the way. Um, Julius Randle, he's been, he's been great, man. You, you can't even lie. Um, Julius Randle had five nominations for player of the week. In the last five times out of the past eight weeks, um, Julius Randle during that week, his last nomination, he was averaging 31, 11, and 4. Um, Julius Randle, congrats to him. He is now an all-star. He's averaging 25, 11, and 4 on 58% true shooting percentage. Um, that's another thing that's outstanding to me personally. Uh, uh, Julius Randle also talked about um, from the Ian Bagley tweet that I was listening to, Julius Randle also talked about how head coach Johnny Bryant helped him out. Um, he sat down with Johnny Bryant and he had an honest conversation. So that's something you could appreciate. Uh, Julius Randle is also averaging 46% from the field, which is way better than what he used to. Um, I felt like 41% from a power forward is disgusting. Uh, the Knicks mid three now, you got Brunson is averaging 23, 4, and 6. You got RJ Barrett's averaging 25 and 3. 44% from the field. Kudos to RJ Barrett. He's finally shooting above 42% from the field. Um, 
Oh, some more stats that I got. You got Quinn Reddish. He tied Frank Nellikina, 42 place on the Knicks all-time three-pointers list with 150. Shout-outs to Frank Nellikina, man. Quentin Grimes. Not Quentin Nellikina. I don't feel like trolling today. Um, but, you know, shout-outs to Randall, though, overall. Now, I know Randall's not a closer. Randall shooting numbers during crunch time is 27% from the field, 23% from three, 73%. From the free throw line, he has 13 assists versus 11 turnovers. These are things that you know Julius Randle. Like, those are things that you know Julius Randle will have. Um, he's not a closer, and I'm okay with that. Uh, once again, I never, never, ever want to see Randle with the ball in the fourth quarter. Um, Randle is not somebody you build around. Randle is somebody you build with. So that's why people like me, Look at the New York Knicks, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you cannot make a guy like that the face of your franchise because you're not going to win anything of significance. That's my problem with the current Knicks. And what's really fucked up about just going back to the Kyrie Irving trade request, right? Now that it's going to actually stall the trade market, what the fuck is the Knicks going to do with all of these pieces that they got on their team? These protected lottery picks. Oh, you in there? All right. Just that noise is really annoying. So the lottery picks, um, each day that passes with the lottery picks, the protected lottery picks, I mean, my bad. Each day that passes with those, the less value those picks have. So we have effectively, I believe, five days left until the Knicks can effectively effectively got trade those picks now if we keep those lottery picks and some don't convey they're going to lose more value so right now i'm on i'm on a firm stance of please Knicks, make a deal before the trade deadline um on my list let me go to my notes here Oh, shout out to Emmanuel quickly, man. So next subject, I just wanted to um, get into Emmanuel quickly. Show quickly some love, real quick. Emmanuel quickly has been playing uh, superb. Um, Emmanuel quickly, over his last twenty-one games, is averaging seventeen four and four, forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three. He's looking like a six-man candidate. Also with Emmanuel quickly. Uh, the Knicks are holding opponents to 13.5 per 100 possessions less with quickly on the floor. That is superb. Quickly is also one of the best-rated defenders in the NBA. Um, quickly has been showing me a lot this season. He's shown me more this season than he's shown the, past, the first two years. Um, his development has been one of the sights to see for me. When I used to call him a ball hog, at the beginning of the season, uh, the reason why, once again, the reason why I was calling him a ball hog because I felt like he can play better. Now that he's playing better and he's looking like a man who's making himself easily, I believe, $80 million on the open market because of what he could do, what can he be moving forward? Do I want to box this man into the six-man role? What I would do, a long-term play for quickly, I would sell him if I'm the New York Knicks, if it, in just a long-term play, I would sell him, hey, look, listen, we know you got starting um, 
point guard aspirations, but we want you to be a key piece of the team. Um, when Jalen Brunson starts slowing down, because I believe Jalen Brunson hit at his height, you know, he, he, he focuses on getting to the paint, getting to the lane. Brunson should be should start slowing down by the time he's about, I'll say, 28. Um, by the time Brunson is 28, quickly it'll be around 24. Um, yeah, mm, 20, yeah. now Jalen Brunson would be like 29, quickly it'll be around 24, 25. And I think there will be a point – there will be a point where there will be a point where the Knicks can transfer over the leadership spot as far as the point the starting point guard position too quickly. But at the same time, just to play devil's advocate with myself, um, would quickly go for that. Would quickly be the type of player to say to say, would quickly would quickly go for that. Quickly is a good talent. Quickly has been a Quickly has been a a, a a starter um in college and in high school. At the same time, Quickly's been a starter. What do Quickly see for himself? Do he see for himself as a starting point guard in today's NBA? Do he see himself as a $100 million man? Um, do he see himself sitting behind Jalen Brunson and learning from Jalen Brunson? These are things that Quickly will have to ask himself. Um or does quickly and not to just to, to come from the negative stuff, do quickly really genuinely love being in New York? I think he does. Um, he plays like it. He plays like the Knicks. Um, would the Knicks bring quickly back? And I think they will personally. But at the same time, uh, it's just once again, what do quickly want? What does he see himself as? I, I see quickly as a starting point guard. Um, other people, you know, they see quickly as a six-man. Management see quickly as a six-man. And, okay, it's cool. I'm fine with that. But at the same time, make sure you continue to develop quickly. Make sure you invest in quickly. Quickly absolutely has earned his money this season. And he deserves to be paid. Regardless of what anybody says, I believe quickly deserves to be paid. And he needs to be paid with great compensation. Um Next person up. Shout outs to Quentin Grimes. I gotta say this about Quentin Grimes. The last minute of the game yesterday, we don't win, we don't beat Miami without Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes' defense was superb. Quentin Grimes made a superb pass to Isaiah Hardenstein. Quentin, Quentin Grimes made great passes. There's one thing I noticed about Quentin Grimes. He would drive to the basket. And he'll do a nice drop off. I think the Knicks need to give him more opportunities when it comes to the um, drop off, the handoffs, and stuff like that. Um, I also like Quentin Grimes with the ball more, personally. I don't think he should be camped at the three point line that much. Another thing, too, when it comes to Quentin Grimes, I feel like Quentin Grimes can. Well, I, the, the one thing I don't like what Coach Tibbs does is put Quentin Grimes on taller wings. Uh, I think Quentin Grimes does a good job on smaller wings. He did a good job on Jimmy Butler yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Butler only had 10 points. So anytime Jimmy Butler has under 20 points for against the New York Knicks, he did a great job defending. Uh, I can't um, show him for that. I just want to know what is the plan for him? Do you plan on keeping Quentin Grimes as a starting shooting guard? Because I don't believe R.J. Barrett is a starting small forward in today's NBA. 
I think believe R.J. Barrett is a starting shooting guard. So now it's a conundrum. Not really a conundrum. It's a good problem to have. I don't think Quentin Grimes is a guy who would scoff at coming off the bench or starting. I think Quentin Grimes is a guy. He's a good soldier. I think he's good for us starting or coming off the bench once again. I think Quentin Grimes, for me personally, is Danny Green. Um, high end, his high end ceiling is Michael Finley. And if he becomes and reaches his overall ceiling where he's all star status, I think he could become a Michael Ray. Um, but as of right now, for me, just as far as the Knicks is concerned, I am not interested in Quentin Grimes being my starting shooting guard going into the playoffs. Just only because I just see the vet scorers, the vet scorers consistently score over him. And even though he's learning, because you're learning as you get scored on, okay, I need to guard this guy this way. I need to make him drive that way. I need to make him drive the other way. It's, it, it's certain things you can do to make a guy um, uncomfortable. Um, it comes with learning. It comes with repetition. So, you know, these opportunities that he is getting now while starting is great. Uh, you can't really scoff at that. But I'm thinking championship aspirations. Uh, I, I'm not really – I'm scared for him. I don't see a scenario where we're going into a playoff series, uh, let me say, against Philly, and he's guarding James Harden for seven games straight. I don't want him in that torture chamber. So I would like for the Knicks to go get me another wing. Um, now let's talk about the two wings, the two wings that was rumored to the Knicks that I've seen recently. Um, the first wing I, I've seen that was mocked to the Knicks. The first wing, oh. The first wing that I've seen that was mocked to the Knicks was Sadiq Bey. Thank you. Was Sadiq Bey. Uh, I like Sadiq Bey, me personally. I think Sadiq Bey is a good upgrade. But they was talking about Sadiq Bey as far as, like, coming off the bench. I am not interested in that. If I got Sadiq Bey, I would want him to start. Uh, young wing, he's averaging 14.6 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists from the field. Um, the only thing that people – he's also shooting um, effective an effective field goal percentage of 53.8 on spot-ups. Um, the only thing – that is horrific about Sadiq Bey. And, I, and I'm not blaming this on him. I blame this specifically on the team that he's on and the team and what his team is trying to do. His defensive rating is horrific. His defensive rating, I think, is actually 119.6. That is horrific. But defensive rating is a team stat. So if you're on a good team that defends – Usually, your defensive rating will look superb. Matter of fact, come to think of it, you will have a couple of your teammates who got superb defensive ratings when their team is a great defensive team. A la, remember the COVID season where Julius Randle was third in that season, defensive plus minus, but we all know Randle is not really that great of a defender. He's serviceable if he tries hard, uh, but we all know like the defensive rating for me is strictly uh, a team stat. But at the same time, just watching Sadiq Bey individually, I think he has more to his bag. I don't think the, the uh, Detroit Pistons will resign Sadiq Bey only because in this year's draft, they have a chance to either draft him another wing or draft him a big or a player who can 
grow alongside Kay and Kay Cunningham. Uh, I think they are investing in Hamadou. Uh, Hamadou has become a serviceable defender. Um, shout out to Hamadou too. He's from actually from New York. I think Hamadou, I think Hamadou is from the Bronx, matter of fact. But Hamadou, um, I think he's a. I, I like Hamadou. I think he's a serviceable player. They also have Bogdan. And I don't think Bogdan is going anywhere because you obviously have to keep some type of vets on your squad. So, you know, that's the next option. Uh, I don't think they would pay Sadiq Bay at all. Um, if the Knicks want to get Sadiq Bay and bring him off the pen- bench, I'm all for it. But at the same time, how many minutes will Tibbs play this man? Because I already have a couple of issues with Tibbs, and I already still feel the Knicks are mid. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's about ten losses this year. Easily, we lost because of coaching. We didn't lose because of the team. We le- legit lost the game because of coaching. Um, if you had a different coach in this situation, maybe we would win the game. Um, who knows? But I, I'm just scared of any trade that we do because of Tom Thibodeau, because of Thibodeau's stubbornness. Um, because of Tibbs, the way he he allocates his minutes. For example, last game, I watched the I watched Thibodeau play quickly, eighteen minutes straight. I don't know, I don't know if that's good. Uh, I don't know if that's that can be sustainable. I don't know if that's longevity. I don't I don't, I don't know what that could do to somebody's longevity. My my bad, pardon me. Um, it's, it, it's kind of scary for me at times when it comes to Thibodeau. This is why I'm constantly saying let's get more help. Um, let's get more people on the squad that can help us understand, uh, that can help us actually try to win games, but also don't handle your future, but also get an understanding and a grip. If you're trying to be mid, okay, you could be, you could build on mid. It's a way you could build on mid. You could get a guy who's young like Sadiq Bey without sacrificing a lot of your future. If if Roy Hachimura was had for three seconds, the Knicks gotta get me a serviceable win. Yeah. It is no excuses why these do these fools are set out of this year's trade deadline. Because I, if Tibbs continues to do what he's doing now, I feel like either a somebody's gonna get horrifically hurt, or b the team is going to tire out by mid February, just like they did last year, and we're going to get smoked when it comes to playoff time. Uh, so I hope they can actually try to go get a guy like City Bay. The second guy I read on the trade market, well, trade rumors, I'm just strictly strictly doing guys who was in trade rumors within the past week um, coming to the Knicks. The second guy that was rumored was OG Ananobi. Um, it was rumored that the Raptors wanted three picks for OJ and O, three first round picks. Um, at first, me and, and even with that said about Sadiq Bay, I'm not, I'm gonna reiterate this. I'm not interested in making no trades that will help Tom Thibodeau keep his job. I am actively rooting for this team to lose so this man can lose his job. If the Knicks win because of the kids, I'm going to take a win every time, smile, and shut the fuck up and go about my business. But I legit, genuinely would like a different coach so this coach can give me some type of direction, some type of, some type of stability as far as, 
as far as this team goes. I don't like the fact that Tibbs lie. He lies a lot. One of the biggest lies he's ever said was him and Cam Reddish is good. You and Cam Reddish is not good. Because if that was good, Cam Reddish should be playing right now. But yes? Huh? Okay. Okay. I got it. Um, you know, my bad. My coworkers are speaking to me. But at the same time, I feel like the Knicks right now should make a move. So now talking about OG and Anobi, I like OG and Anobi. Uh, once again, would I give up the first round picks for him? It depends on what the Knicks what the Knicks are trying to achieve. Um, when they say these three first round picks, are we talking three unprotected picks? And I'm absolutely not doing that. Absolutely under no circumstance giving up three first round picks unprotected for OG and Anobi. Now, with that said, if they want one unprotected or if they want one unprotected or if they want one protected one pick swap, I'm interested in that. Uh, if they wanted one unprotected, two lottery, the two the two lottery picks from two other teams, I'm interested in that. Uh, if they wanted Obi Toppin, in that deal, would I be interested in that? I kind of have no choice but to be interested in it because do I think Obi Toppin will flourish in New York as long as Tom Thibodeau is the coach? No, I do not. I really don't um, at all. I've been with Obi Toppin this past three years. Um, Obi Toppin this year is getting less minutes than last year, I believe. It's kind of embarrassing. The way that this man, Tom Thibodeau, treats that young man, uh, Cam Reddish, but at the same time, hey, man, Cam Reddish spoke up for himself, and now he's out of the rotation. You got Obi Toppin. What if Obi Toppin speaks up for himself? Um, Would Obi Toppin be in the same boat as, you know, Cam Reddish? So it's kind of like, it's kind of tough for me to gouge the the whole Cam Reddish situation, but it comes off as petty. Um, hopefully they could get would I trade OG and Anobi? Would I trade Obi Toppin and Cam Reddish for OG and Anobi? Um yes, I would. If I just put my emotions aside, I would. Um, would you give one unprotected along with that? So with that said, they would have to take on Evan Fournier's contract um for me to give you two young prospects and give you an unprotected. Um, 2024 pick. That's the pick I would trade. I'm absolutely against trading any pick in the 2023 draft. That's well. Let me be more specific. The next 2023 pick and the Mavericks 2023 pick is two picks that I'm absolutely not interested in trading. Those two picks for me is long term pieces. Those two picks for me is pieces that. You keep on your squad. So if you need to um, reset your deals uh, behind certain starters, like, for example, um, Jalen Brunson or R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle or Mitchell Robinson, you can easily draft two guys who can easily step into your rotation and they can help support the team. Um, The fucked up part about it is, once again, this fucking guy, Tom Thibodeau, would we trade for a guy 
And Thibodeau just does not play him. That is scary. Be more interesting. Um, if we trade for a guy that Tibbs don't like, would Tibbs just once again not play him, or or would Tibbs try to play him and then play him sparingly minutes and then take him out of the lineup and then try to scapegoat him? It's a lot of scary shit when it comes to Tibbs, man. Any trade. You have to make sure you consider Tom Thibodeau. Any trade. So it's kind of scary for me to even, you know, talk about these trades with the Knicks right now. Um, Tibbs, it's crazy how Tibbs is the de facto GM of the Knicks. Um, You come across stuff like, shout out to uh, Don P. I just came across a post where... It says, Tibbs will never change. Came across this quote from an article prior to his third and final season in Minnesota. It didn't make any sense. And it was no surprise Towns and Wiggins were unhappy. It was impossible not to notice the double standards in Minnesota. Thibodeau preached ball movement and unselfishness while letting Butler and Rose pound the ball into the ground and shoot contested jumpers whenever they feel like it. And while he consistently... Constantly got on Towns and Wiggins about their defense. He never said a word about Crawford, arguably the worst defender in the NBA. It sounds very familiar. Sounds like what the Knicks are going through right now. Uh, It's kind of depressing for me. Uh, That accountability is short. It's not a lot of accountability amongst um, Knicks management. And it's also kind of tough where, you know, Tibbs, Randall, and Julie, Tibbs Randall and Leon Rose is all connected into one. Um, that's kind of tough for me. So going down the list. Oh, also, shout to Randall. Randall is now top 10 in MVP. MVP, uh, the MVP standing. So salute to Randall. But it's kind of tough, man. You want accountability all across the board for the New York Knicks. Um Going to my next guy, shout-outs to my guy, R.J. Barrett, man. I didn't speak enough about him. He had 30 points, eight rebounds, four assists, 56% from the field. Effectively closed out Miami. I think R.J. has something against Miami. It's, I'm so proud of R.J. Barrett. He knows how to bounce back. Whenever Tom Thibodeau just talks shit about him, uh, Tom Thibodeau benched him last game while he was four for four. Kind of stupid for me. Uh, if, you know... You don't bench your $120 million man and then still keep Julius Randle on the field when Julius Randle's going six for 19. Okay, I understand. No worries. Uh, He came back the next game. He balled out, closed him out, a little bit more ball movement. I love the fact that R.J. Barrett was spraying the ball out. I love the fact that the last five minutes of the game, the Knicks went straight point R.J. That's what they need to do from now on. I don't need to see Jalen Brunson come up and hoist a shot. I don't need to see Julius Randle hoist up a contested mini. Sometimes let the young man eat. Let the young man control the offense sometimes. Um, most 30-point games by Nick before turning 25 years old. You got Willis Reed, who has 23. R.J. Barrett, who has 18. And Bill Cartwright, who had 18. R.J. Barrett is still 22. So it's something, it's a sight to behold when it comes to R.J. Barrett. Um, R.J. Barrett, the third overall pick. I know he's not flashy. I know he's not um, the greatest defender, uh, but he always comes to play. Uh, 
I felt like a game ago, that last horrible game where he did get benched, I felt like he did not play hard at the, from start to finish. Um, even when he made the 4 for 4 I just felt like that game, RJ just was not into it. Um, and it was kind of tough for me. Um, what was fun for me seeing from RJ Barrett is uh, last game versus the Heat, he understood where the doubles was coming from. Um, his IQ was getting better on understanding where the doubles come from and who's the open man. Uh, he's making smarter decisions the, the past few games. Um, his defense has been horrific the whole season long. Um, but he's kind of starting to pick it up. He's picked it up uh, last game. He, he's picked it up. He started to pick it up versus the Celtics. Uh, I like his defense on Jalen Brown that game. Um, but it's wavered. It's wavered from game to game. Kind of reminds me of Quentin Grimes' defense from game to game. It wavers. Uh, but they've been trying. They've been playing hard. Um, but salute to, salute to R.J. Barrett, man. It's been really beautiful to watch. Um, who's my next guy up? Um, Jalen Brunson. Um, I feel bad for him because I know he missed out on being an all-star. He probably missed out on some good money. Uh, with that said, I think Wally Zerbiak uh, comments about Jalen Brunson and him being a wannabe all-star, I think those comments uh, really hurt Jalen Brunson's um, all-star bid. Um, people in the media take exemption to that, um, and people in the media don't like when you say certain comments, man. Um, it's really fun to, to, to see people in the media talk about the Knicks, but you can't, you can't let everything get to you. Don't let everything get to you, man. You got to just stay with your head high and keep it pushing. Oh, another stat I just came across. Oof. And this is really... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Shout-outs to NBA University. Um, highest effective field goal percentage was 0.4 seconds left on the clock. Minimum 50 attempts. First is Tobias Harris. Second is Julius Randle, 55%. Oh, shouts to Julius Randle, man. You got to get the ball up, man, when the, when the shot clock is is going to die out on you. But shouts to Randle for that stat. Uh, going along, let me go back to my notes real quick. Uh, what was the last thing? Oh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Zach Levine. Um, the Zach Levine thing for me, uh, I don't want no parts of Zach Levine at all. Uh, I think Zach Levine is very redundant. I don't want no player who has knee problems uh, for me personally. Uh, another thing, too, is Zach Levine contract. I think in one of those seasons, he's making upwards to $50 million, and he's never been a championship one option or two option. Uh, so I, I'm just completely not interested in Zach Levine. Let that man go to L.A. Uh, where he really wants to be. Um and and that's what I all I gotta say about that. I, I'm absolutely against uh, the Zach Levine deal. Absolutely against that. I think Zach Levine needs to go to another team that already has a championship one option in place. Uh, when you're trying to build with a guy like Zach Levine, you got Demar Derozan. You basically have two championship three options uh, uh, masquerading as one options who are trying to uh, uh, win a championship. That shit will never work. So since that shit will never work, uh, we gotta be better. Um, we got to be better than that. I, I'm absolutely not interested in Zach Levine. Uh, I want the Knicks to stay far away from him and very far away from him. Um, 
last thing I want to mention before I get out of here. Uh, this whole Knicks want to trade for, you know, you got people saying trade for Kyrie Irving. You got people putting the Kyrie Irving um, going to the Knicks for Jalen Brunson and Cam Reddish. We have to stop. We got to stop. Got to stop. You got to stop doing trades like that, man. The hypotheticals is cool. It's cool and all to have fun conversations, but there's no way that the Nets will ever trade with the New York Knicks. Um, there's no way that I would ever place that on my account. Uh, y'all know how I give it up. I'm not somebody who likes to talk about um, unrealistic shit. The only way I bring up a certain narrative is if a player uh, is mocked to the Knicks or I see a way a player can get to the Knicks, and it's possible that the Knicks are looking at that said player. Um, that's the reason why I brought up Kyle Kuzma. That's why I brought up Sadiq Bay. That's why I brought up all these other guys. Uh, I never wanted to bring up you know, players who are not mocked to the Knicks because it's just unrealistic for me. I like to be realistic. Uh, I don't. I know a lot of these people who who, who does Nick content. Um, they say a lot of unrealistic shit. Uh, this is why this morning I wasn't really on Twitter. I don't like to hear the same takes all the time. Uh, at a certain point, I get Twitter spaced out. Um, I didn't heard Kyle Kuzma's name than my own mother's name this past month. So at that, it comes to a point where, like, I I, I just don't want to hear certain things anymore. Um, I was on the I was on the Twitter space about two nights ago, and I left. I'm um, talking with my guy Eddie, and I be telling Eddie like, "Yo, stop saying certain shit." He said some dumb shit like R.J. Barrett is is I, I can't even get the boy's name. I can't even get the boy's name because it was so egregious. It was, and this is a player from the New Orleans. I mean, not from the Hornets, from the from the Hornets. Yeah, and um, I can't even get this guy's name on my brain right now. But it was so disrespectful. It was torn the morning. I said, "Yo, you guys have a blessed night." I'm not here for this. Y'all not talking basketball. So that's the type of time I've been on. Um, I also love the fact that it was just it was just me today. Is calm, comfortable. I actually got all my points across today. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. This wasn't going to be for for too long. I just wanted to give my take on uh, uh, the whole Kyrie Irving situation. I feel like it really affects the Knicks a lot. I feel like it effectively kills the the Cam Reddish um, trade value, um, and it also kills the trade market because who's going to trade for Cam Reddish now? Um, Kyrie Irving just axed out. So once the Kyrie Irving deal is situated, I think everything else will fall into place. Um, if the Lakers was to get Roy Hachimura, Kyle, Kyrie Irving, and Cam Reddish within a two three week span, oh my god, oh my god, I might have to, I might have to take a break. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But salute to everybody, man. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. It's your boy State, man. I'm out of here. Peace and blessings to y'all. Uh, I got about. Four audios coming out later on tonight once I get home. I'm currently at work. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening with me and showing me some love today. I'm out of here. Peace and blessings, my guys. And girls, too, that joint there. Salute, salute, salute.